0: This is Auto Success, the podcast. This podcast is for automotive sales professionals looking for tools and strategies for maximum success. Now, here's your host, Thomas Williams.
1: Today on Auto Success, the podcast, we're speaking with Joe Abraham, founder and chairman of Incorpus Group. We'll be talking about building authority in your marketplace. Joe, thank you very much for being with us today.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in this industry?
0: Well, I've been a, a serial entrepreneur ever since I was uh, 23 years old. But interestingly enough, what inspired me to become an entrepreneur was the automotive industry. When I was in college, I was uh, I was part of a pilot project that Ford did with um, some of the larger Ford dealers in the Southern California area. And that got me around the dealership environment and really interested in how that dynamic worked. I got to see what worked really well in the dealership environment and also some of the dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first company I got hired to work for was in the automotive industry. They did consulting work for the big manufacturers. Um, so that, that's where my love for the automotive industry began. But since then, um, for the last, gosh, better of 20 years now, I've been either a founder, executive, or advisor to small businesses and startups, ranging in industries from healthcare and IT all the way to motorsports.
1: Now, Joe, you, uh, you talk about becoming an authority in the market for these dealers. Can you describe to us what that means?
0: Yeah, uh, the bottom line is in a a competitive market like the automotive industry or even if you were in the dental industry, it doesn't matter. You have to stand out in a crowded marketplace. It used to be that you could do it with price. You could just be the loudest voice in town, so to speak. But today it's changed. The consumer's buying habit has changed to where they're really gravitating to authority. They want to know who the expert is. Uh, They don't want to just go to anybody in town. And becoming an authority isn't just saying you are the authority or claiming it yourself, it's because others say you're the authority. So there's a third-party credibility now that's become important to the consumer as they're out in the marketplace shopping. So, for example, when we do a brand positioning exercise, we're sitting down with an entrepreneur or a small business owner and working through building their brand position. One of the main questions we ask and go through in the exercise is, what's your reason to believe? Why would somebody, a consumer, a customer, a prospect, believe in your brand, in your car dealership, over the six one others down the street mm-hmm. and what opinion leaders swear by you uh, Google for example is a form of authority if you come up high in search rankings Google is essentially lending you their authority and saying to the searcher of all the other websites I could have brought you I'm bringing you this auto dealership and that's a form of authority uh, past customers are a form of authority opinion leaders you know uh, experts in the automotive industry bloggers are a form of authority uh, because people are following them and trusting their recommendation, people the bottom line is people aren't trusting the advertising as much anymore as they are the recommendation of an- someone who they consider an authority
1: mm-hmm. and I think you touched on them briefly there, Joe, but how is becoming known as an automotive authority in your community different uh you know now versus a few years ago?
0: yeah, the old way used to be. Uh, you, you know, if you had the biggest Yellow Pages ad or the, you were doing the most mailers in town or you had the biggest magazine spreads, basically, if your advertising was the loudest, you were, in a sense, considered an authority. The The consumer assumed, okay, if he's taking out the biggest ads, he must be the biggest in town, and therefore, I'll get the best price and the best service. Mm-hmm. Or because you claim in your ad that you have the best service, people kind of bought into it. Today, it's more about um, How many fans do you have? How many followers do you have? How many reviews have been done on you? And uh, what's your page rank? Those are really some of the things that, at a very subconscious level, the consumer is looking for. They want to read about you before they arrive at your dealership. Mm -hmm.
1: And can you describe what consumers are looking for in an authority in the modern sales landscape?
0: Yeah, really, the consumer today is looking to be informed and educated first. So the, the way the consumer now has been trained over the last eight years or so to buy, make a purchasing decision, whether it's a TV or a car or even a house, or you name it, mm-hmm. they go and do some level of research. So they're in that what I call a suspect phase. They fit your target audience, but you don't know they exist yet, but they're the kind of person you would want shopping at your dealership but they haven't raised their hand yet they're just out in the marketplace maybe they're reading stuff on your website maybe they're reading articles maybe they're um out you know doing their research on a, an auto trader type website that's when they're a suspect then at some point something has to happen for them to leave the suspect stage and become a prospect a prospect mm-hmm. is someone who's raised their hand and exchanged their contact information with you so they've pulled into the lot and walked onto the dealership lot or they filled out a form on your website saying, I'd like your pricing, or they've made a phone call in, but something significant has to take place for them to go from being a suspect, totally anonymous to you, to someone who's actually willing to give you their contact information in today's marketplace. They, what's causing them to take that step is a, a good amount of information and education. They don't want to feel sold and pitched ahead of time. They want to be informed and educated first. And once they come onto your lot, then the sales team can do what it does best and move them through the rest of the sales cycle but the most important thing is getting them from a suspect to a prospect. And today, it's about information and education. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Joe, let's talk about standing out as a dealer. What, can some, what are some of the ways a dealer can do that in their online presence?
0: You know, I, I think a lot of dealers, if they looked at their website, they, they'd have to admit that 90% of it, if not 100% of it, is essentially a brochure. It's the who we are, what we do, why we're so great, here's our specials, Um, here's our hour, you know, informational, essentially brochure online. Mm -hmm. And I think more and more dealers, the savvy ones, are starting to understand this whole concept of educating the customer. So one of the things I would encourage dealers to do is really look at how can I become a source of the answers my suspects are looking for? And that may require doing some homework, talking to a local you know, a SEO firm or a social media firm in town and saying to them, hey, can you do some research for me of what keywords people are searching for and what websites they're going to now? And I think they'll find that the websites that their suspects are going to are educating them on, hey, buy versus lease and and, um, how to make the right buying decision and Mm -hmm. some of the generic stuff with a lot more depth to it. So figure out who your target audience is. I think a lot of car dealers make the mistake of saying, well, anyone who wants to buy a car is my target audience. You know, in this marketplace, you're going to have to get a little bit more targeted than that. You're going to have to really focus on, okay, is it, you know, first-time buyers? Is it the college group? Is it, you know, retirees? Really start to zone in on some target audiences so that you can start to find out what they need in the form of information and education, what's important to them, and then start providing it on your website. Maybe add a blog to your website and start posting good content there that adds value to what people are searching for.
1: And what are some ways a dealer can stand out in more traditional, offline ways, Joe?
0: You know, dealers have always been um, pretty active in their community, but I think in the past, they've always been active in the form of writing checks. Oh, we wrote a check to Little League. We wrote a check to the church. We wrote a church to, you know, the Kalanis group, whatever it may be. I think um, consumers are looking past that now and saying, Who, who's really involved? And so I think in, a, in an offline way, getting involved in your community, getting your staff and employees more active in community activities uh, will have a huge impact on how you're perceived locally in your marketplace and then as it relates to the traditional advertising you're doing from your yellow pages ads to your print advertising don't do the same vanilla advertising that everyone else is doing because then you get caught up like we talked about earlier in a very crowded marketplace mm-hmm. look at some out-of-the-box ways to again communicate with that target audience and talk about to them about the things that are important to them bring them in for reasons other than price and I think you'll see some remarkable results based on the consumer that's shopping today.
1: Okay, great. What one idea would you like our listeners to take with them about building authority in their market?
0: You know, um, I would say, especially as it relates to, let's say, the general manager or even the owner of the dealership, go back to the original intent with which you started your dealership. And I think when you go back to what I call the paper napkin and what was the original movie playing in your mind when you started your dealership, I think, and then compare it to where you are today and how the dealership operates and who's on staff and how customers are dealt with. I think a lot of dealers will have a very much of an aha moment to go, "You know, in the original movie, my employees looked different. In my original movie, my salespeople treated customers differently, and customers were had a different level of loyalty to my dealership. So going back to your paper, go back to your paper napkin, look at where you wanted it to be, look at where things are now, and if they aren't lining up perfectly, in other words, if your vision doesn't match your reality then do something significant about it. Don't let another day or a week go by. Take some action. Dig into some of the material that's available through Auto Success and some other experts around and say, what do I need to do? Here's my vision. I know my reality doesn't match. What do I need to do to get my vision and reality to match up? Because when that happens, it's a form of authority. Your consumers sense it. They know it in the way your
1: dealership operates, and they will bring lots and lots of referrals back to you. Some very positive information for our dealers, there, Joe. We appreciate you being with us today. Thank you. Our guest today has been Joe Abraham, founder and chairman of Incorpus Group. For more information about his company, visit www.incorpus.com. That's www.e n c o r p u s.com.
0: Thanks for listening to the Auto Success podcast. For more information about Auto Success magazine log on to autosuccessonline.com. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about this show or future shows, email us at podcast at autosuccessonline.com. Now make it a successful day.